Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Back to local programming for the remainder of the morning and right through the afternoon. BMW of Des Moines guest list. We're going to do a lot on the NFL draft. One final kick at that can. Oh, I shouldn't say that. We've got two regional teams that we'll get to tomorrow. Uh, but Matt Manasarin from Sports Info Solutions, a r- phenomenal resource leading up to and during the draft. Uh, Matt Manasarin will join us, get his thoughts on uh, what teams did well, what teams made him kind of scratch his head a little bit. But Manasarin will kick things off here at the bottom of the hour. Hour number two, we'll do two of the regional teams today. The Bears with Jeff Hughes, TheBearsBlog.com, The Packers uh, with Dave Sinekin, ZoneCoverage.com for Sinekin. Uh, he'll talk about those Packers. Jordan Love just signed a, um, extend, a one-year deal. Uh, and then Kyle Irving will help Trent and I uh, with the NBA playoffs that are uh, underway. The second round of those, a couple of games last night. Denver, the one seed. Did we just miss? Yeah. I think yeah, so, we, right? We missed. <laughs> <laughs> I can make a case for all these other teams, but you know what? Let's not talk about the one seed uh, who earned that one seed, and here they are as the Suns are in deep water. Now, I never saw Chris Paul get hurt. I looked at the replay this morning. Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen Chris Paul get hurt. It had to be a groin, a hamstring. Where are they? Yeah, right. In the, yeah, it was. What is uh, Kirk Ferentz always called? Soft tissue injury. Okay. Yeah, one one of those, and. Chris Paul, he's old. Mm-hmm. He's not the same guy. Nope. He still can do it, though. Yep. And his sons had a lead when he got hurt. The, Apparently, that's when he got yeah, hurt. And he he was a difference maker. Mm-hmm. But at this point, mm-hmm. with all the playoff failures, you're always just waiting for that yep. other shoe to drop. And, and I thought James Harden was in the same boat. <laughs> oh, boy. Until yesterday as well. How baffling was oh that? Oh, my God, Trent. That was un- Talk about turn the clock back. I didn't think he had it in him. Did no, you? not at all. Not at this point. It was over. Mm-hmm. And in a game without Embiid. Mm-hmm. I mean, Embiid doesn't play game two now, right? Well, they say he's going to, and I couldn't agree with you more. No. Why? You got your split. That's right. You have your split. Get him as healthy as Air you can. Air on the side of caution. And you did it once. Uh-huh. Why can't you do it twice? Well, that performance last night was absolutely It was incredible. incredible. That's what they needed, and he was there, and I don't like watching him play. No, nope, I don't like watching him walk into the building with the choice of... Uh, you don't uh, like that wardrobe choice. It looks like he was wearing beach towels. <laughs> Honestly. I thought Jinko jeans were making a comeback. That thing was a monstrosity. Oh, my God. What a look if you haven't seen it. I mean, I don't, no, don't go out of your way and look for it. <laughs> it's brutal. My good gosh. But, man, on the floor last night, what an incredible. And who didn't think that shot was going in late yeah, in the game, no. right? You just knew it was, it was buried. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was terrific. Um, Maxi was good. Mm-hmm. Niang scored. Lee scored. Played a little bit. I'm not sure what were his minutes. 13. 10, 13, did he play that many? Yep. Uh, but good to see him out there on the floor. But yes, they've got, they went to Boston and they got what they needed. They took game one. They have the split. Um, I'm with you. Err on the side of caution. You could have given me 100 guesses. I would not have known where Paul Reed played. I didn't even know Paul Reed was a person until these playoffs began. Yeah, where did he play? DePaul. Did he? 
Don't remember any big moments watching FS1 in a DePaul Georgetown game. And you do watch FS1 I, because I there's a pretty good chance you might be invested. I and DePaul's a team that I've bet on here and there throughout the years, or mostly against. Mm-hmm. And Paul Reed, not a guy that ever jumped into my mind, and yet here he is. Out there battling inside and making it difficult. Yeah. Al Horford looked old. Yeah, he did. He... But he's looked old for some time. But you know what? Has. Every now and then, he's got those games, right? Tatum's great, but uh-huh. you know, Jalen Brown, he is... Depends what time of day you watch him, Trent. A very inconsistent guy. Mm-hmm. We talk about, obviously, the gambling angle a lot. How many people tied together did a same-game parlay last night? Well, I'll just put the, the Celtics in the money line. And well, then, they're a free square. Right. And then you just add to that. Uh-huh. That's really your starting point. Take the freebie and add to that. Uh, you like whatever side last night? Well, I'm, I'll just throw the Celtics money line in there. Bump it up a little bit. Right, right. Yeah. How many people did that last yeah. night? A better, a better bunch. And the sports books continue uh-huh. to roll in, and that's yeah. <laughs> that's why they keep building those Speaking things, right? Of, it's true. Speaking of sports books, did you see the story that Mike Florio wrote? goes back to last week when a couple of, was it three Lions uh, were, mm-hmm. were caught gambling, two of them in the facility. And apparently Florio believes... Um, and there's a pretty good chance this is accurate, that it's the sports books that are tipping off the league as to some of your players are betting on the sport and where they're doing their betting from, who's betting on games, who's betting but not where they're supposed to be or not where they're allowed to be betting. And you know what? A, players know the rules. Their agents should know the rules, should know the can and can'ts. But as far as um, the league tipping them off, yes, it's a huge conflict of interest. They're all in bed with them. But if you want your game uh, to uh, to live up to to uh, pass the transparency test, you want the operators to cooperate with you in this respect. That's the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Same thing here in our state. If one of the operators get tipped off that a college athlete is betting. They yep. need to let absolutely everybody know, without a doubt, from the university level to the NCAA level. Mm-hmm. That's part of the agreement yep. here. And for all the grandstanding, oh boy, this is going to ruin athletics, and it's going to be a big problem. Well, these are the safeguards mm-hmm. that are put in place, and it's there for. And we saw one. We saw one activate yesterday. The Alabama was an Alabama Ohio State baseball game. Was it Alabama? There was a game yesterday that was taken off the board. A guy I used to work with, a guy by the name of Matt Holt, he owns U.S. Integrity. Mm-hmm. And they partner with um, with leagues, with teams, with schools uh, around the country, and they monitor the betting on games that involve your team, your school, whatever. And when they see a disproportionate amount of bets, whatever it is that causes their trigger to trigger – they then uh, instantly contact the team or the school if it is a, co- a collegiate team. Uh, and this is what happened. Did you find it? Is it Alabama, Ohio State? I, uh, I just see. Or is it Alabama in my head? Because that's where Kennington Smith's going to write for, for, the, uh, uh, for the Athletic. The former register reporters moved on, made his announcement today. Ohio gambling regulators on Monday instructed state licensed sportsbooks to halt betting on college baseball games in the state of Ohio yeah. involving Alabama against LSU. Oh, Alabama, LSU. Gotcha. So it was Alabama, LSU. But yeah, something. Somebody in Ohio was firing. Suspicious wagering activity. There you go. And those alerts go up. Uh-huh. And it's U.S. integrity. I think just quoted in the article. So I've talked to my buddy Chris Andrews out mm-hmm. in the South Point. Who, by the way, I'm going to see uh, next Monday. I, I might have to make a trip with You're you. You're welcome to come aboard. He, uh, he told me, how does it work? And he said, it, it's a pretty simple process. Let's get a ping. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, a college baseball game. You get a max bet. Okay. College baseball. Right. I mean, it's a little easier for something like that. Tennis, he said, is always a big one. And we've heard about some of the gambling and maybe players throwing matches mm-hmm. that have been involved in not the biggest tours, but some of the smaller tours, especially across the pond. And they get a ping and then they look into it. And then very quickly, if it's especially multiple people or people that haven't bet like that before. Right. It's a very yeah, simple right. process. A $10 better, all of a sudden he's betting thousands right. on a game that he's never shown an interest. He's never right. bet college baseball in his life, but yeah. now he's coming with uh, guns blazing. I mean, my say my DraftKings account. I've had open, well, since it started, what, four mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm a $10 better. And all right. of a sudden, and it doesn't have to be 10 Gs. Right. But I put a $1,500 down on a college baseball game, and I bet a total of 86 bucks on college baseball over the last four years. Ping. Right, right. there. Yep. Very easy one and very simple. And it doesn't have... People have these ideas of these tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. It doesn't have to be that. No. And that was a big thing that the tennis part, I remember that story about that. It wasn't these huge amounts, but it was nickel and dimers all over the place and a thousand here and a thousand there. And all of a sudden it started adding up. And then a guy that was a huge favorite loses a match or retires. And that's where it really went into full throttle. Yeah, the retirement part. Uh Those are the ones. I got a bad back. Sorry. Yep. Can't Mm -hmm. answer the belt. I I started the game, so therefore it's action. I just I can't go on. A prize pool of a hundred thousand dollars. A winner gets fifty thousand. This guy suddenly. Yeah. He's out. Sprained his toe or whatever. <laughs> right. um, but anyways, those are some of the the checks and balances behind the scenes that are taking place and are working. And if it is the sports books that are, I think Florio, um, he didn't say ratted out. Something like, something like that. But you know what? You have to do that. I'm yes. glad he did. All right, let's move away from that. Let's talk about maybe, Trent, a another opportunity for Fran McCaffrey to... Um, Built on his 2023-24 men's basketball roster. It's been disappointing, I yeah. think, offseason so far, right? I'm not over-exaggerating. Not at all. You would say yeah. the same thing? Yeah. Um, and they've swung and they've missed, but now there's a couple of bigs within the last 24 hours, two of them, a kid who's seven foot five, <laughs> right, uh, from Oral Roberts, and a 6'11 kid from Fargo, North Dakota State, uh, have both entered the portal. I don't know if they can play. I'm not going to sit here and try and lie to you. Mm-hmm. I've, 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 seen, I've never seen any, either of them, I don't think. Um, but 7'5 seven, seven and 6'11, kick the tires. Last week, John Boeingkamp mentioned... A kid from South Dakota. South Dakota. Yes. He's a coyote. Yep. Was a coyote. 6'9", can put it on the floor, can shoot it pretty well. Where's that? Mm-hmm. You went to the Summit League and got Philip Robracha. That turned out pretty good. Yeah, I'll say. Look at this Iowa basketball roster. You look at what they are. Your starting lineup right now, right, your backcourt is an unproven sophomore that was a disappointment mm-hmm. in DeSante Bowen. Yep. Tony Perkins, who was as inconsistent as the day is yep. long. Sanford. Sanford, for sure. Patrick. Have to. Forced, excuse me. Forced to. <laughs> and Cricky. Yep. Who I like, but doesn't play a lot of defense. But he's in the None right of place. them do. It's true. That was a terrible defensive team last year. I don't think you're going to be at the same level offensively, especially with a point guard that's never done it before. Mm-hmm. You bring in a freshman class. That... Was he the most disappointing Hawk this year? Patrick? No, 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 no. Um, Dix, Bowen. Oh, Bowen, I would say. Uh, Bo- but Dix, Dix was coming off an injury. He was, yeah. yeah. I, I thought he gave more than yeah. I anticipated this year. Yeah, that's fair. Coming off that injury, I didn't think he was going to give uh-huh. him anything. And there were, what, two or three games that he was impactful during Big Ten mm-hmm. play, which I didn't even think they'd get out of him. Yeah, definitely Bowen. I thought by, I don't know, end of December, he'd be the starter. And we saw, 
I mean, a month ago by, and he played two games for about three minutes. Yep. So that was a big disappointment. That's your starting lineup. Your bench is freshmen. Mm-hmm. Four freshmen come in. Mm-hmm. None of them are top 100 players. Mm-hmm. Freeman was right on the edge, and he is a big that you know six nine guy. We'll see how he translates at the next level. Brock Harding, hey, Mister Basketball in Illinois, that's impressive. Yep, he's still a five foot ten in the Big Ten, one hundred and sixty pound point guard in the Big Ten. Yeah, it, it's not going to work well. Yep. This team's going to be brutal defensively. They're always brutal defensively. <laughs> they're going to be even worse, and they're not going to be able to outscore people. They need help. They have two open scholarships, and yet here they are. We're good? No. Well, I hope not. <laughs> because reading Eichel and Baca 24-7, uh-huh. reading Kakert at Hawkeye Report, these are the recruiting guys. And they say there's just not much out there. Well, here's two. I don't get it. I don't understand how you can go into the air. Is it... Just as simple as we're going to give Evan Braun the transfer from Belmont. Mm. We're going to give him a scholarship. Nimmer's the walk-on. We like him. We want to keep him around. Give those two guys scholarships and just roll into it. You can do that, and you're going to be 14 and 19. Yep. You are. That's what this team uh-huh. is. They're a lot worse than they were a year ago. Oh, there's no question. At least I, I, as we sit here on May the 2, <laughs> right. uh, it sure seems like that, right? But I don't think it's unfair. I don't think we're being unfair. But But go out and... You know, kick the tires, and maybe they are. I want to believe that they are, aren't they? It just felt like after the BJ Mack thing, well, we tried, we're uh-huh. defeated. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the mood that is surrounding it. We'll see. But if that is the game plan, if they just mm. feel like, and we tried, we didn't get the guy we wanted, now we're moving on, that is incredibly short-sighted in today's day and age. Yep. There are guys out yep. there that can help you. I always go back to Bryce Cartwright, who for my money is the best point guard that Fran has had. Well, he was fast. He was available late in the year. Nobody uh-huh. wanted him. He was. It was in the summer. I was going to say July, wasn't yeah, it? It was July that they got him. And he's the best point guard in 14 years of Fran and a guy they found in July. This is well before the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. There are guys out there. And just to shut it down, to not be kicking the tires, to not make those phone calls, it's short-sighted and it feels lazy. It feels like throwing your hands up. I know Fran doesn't like the way what college basketball is morphing into. But you know what, Fran? It, it, it's here to stay. Adapt or die. You have to. And this program has plateaued. It's still good. And, and that's yeah. the part that is missed because of the lack of, lack mm-hmm. of success in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Still very good. Mm-hmm. You stack them up the last five, ten mm-hmm. years against all their Big Ten brethren, they're right up there. Yep. It is a top six program in the Big Ten. Pretty good at Iowa. Yep. But because you don't have that breakthrough moment, because you have maybe... You just feel like you've left so much on the table. And that's the other thing, too. Right. And that's where I know a lot of the frustration lies with this basketball program, it could have been more. Yeah, I, th- I think it could have. Well, uh, and look, um, since, since we're talking Iowa and talking transfer, maybe, maybe we should go down the hall to the football offices because all of a sudden there's at least three wide receivers that have uh, popped up over the weekend. Kid from Ohio State, we knew about the kid from Michigan, mm-hmm. and Michigan State uh, lost one to the transfer portal. So that's three kids that you shouldn't have to go t- dig too deep to find tape on them uh, as to, uh, you know, do they fit or not or can they play or not. So I I mean, shouldn't we have some news coming up on that department or that front? With these kids that go into the portal at this time, shouldn't we be, you know, day-to-day hearing something? So the portal is closed with the caveat. Grad transfers still can enter. If you graduate, you can still transfer this summer, and that still can happen. That was Charlie Jones. What happened with him and made him eligible immediately. So though it's closed in terms of underclassmen joining or guys that haven't graduated yet, there is still going to be ones out there. The good news is it does sound like Iowa is trying at the wide receiver position. I, they understand. Well, they, they have to. You can't go in. 
Nico Ragini is is what he is. Right. But how many times has that dude been injured? In this? And he's mm-hmm. he's coming off now another foot injury. Mm-hmm. That guy's had more foot injuries. He feels like we're talking about Bill Walton here with all the foot injuries that Ragini <laughs> has had. He's been in the program a long time, too. <laughs> Throughout how many times that he has had mm-hmm. just foot injuries that crop up. That's your one. Seth Anderson, we don't know. He put up good numbers at Charleston Southern. Mm-hmm. He's also small. Mm-hmm. He's a little guy. Yep. On the outside, Jacob Bostic, he hasn't been healthy in his career. Deontay Vines, mm. I like him. Okay. But that's your one? Yeah, no, it's not. In a team that is stacked defensively, they're going to be so good on the defensive end. Major upgrade at the quarterback position. The offensive line has to take a step forward after last year. I think Caleb Johnson could be a star. I do, not too. Not good. No, he I think can he be can a be a star. Absolutely. If you have a competent offensive mm-hmm. line, Two, he can be that good. T- terrific tight ends. And even the third, Nostrega. As showing a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You're three deep, very solid, mm-hmm. and three guys I think that all have a shot at the league. And you don't have a receiver? Not one. You don't have a... Who's blown the top off? I don't know. That's not I, Ragini. No, it's not. That's certainly not Vines. That You don't have anybody with speed on the outside. And Oh, they're looking for an X receiver. They want that big receiver on the outside. How about A.J. Henning that can take the top off and have some speed out there? That's what you need. Where's but you he? Need where, where's he? Is, is there been any rumors about him at all? Louisville is, is the one, is the it? main one that I've heard at this point. I think initially, is there a connection there? Is he from the area? I don't know if it's a Brom connection. Maybe he recruited him out of high school. Maybe that was something. I know Northwestern when it sounded like back this winter he was possibly going to enter the portal. Northwestern was something was evolved. He's an Illinois kid. That was a connection there. But yeah, Louisville and Northwestern are the two that I've heard the most. Hmm. Also sounds like maybe Henning isn't at the top of their wide receiver wish list. Well, good. I mean, so get, go good if some. indeed that they uh, over, if they go out and overachieve as far as grabbing somebody uh, from there. Boy, oh boy, questions to be answered. All right, let's uh, do a couple of minutes bouncing around the world of sports. We did the basketball. Uh, I, I keep coming back to Denver. It was just, yeah. it was just, <laughs> no one was talking about the Nuggets. No. Uh, and yet here they are, up 2 nothing in this. Is this series over at 2-zip? No. I'm not going to go there. I'm not ready for that. It's close. I mean, Booker can't play much better, I don't think, than he did. No, you're exactly right on that front. He was so good. Uh-huh. He is so good. And you can't get it done. There, there's just those times, too. Mm-hmm. The, the block shot on Durant. You know how high oh. you have to get up to block a shot? Yeah, a jumper? 11. <laughs> so how about Goji? Why, why um, a Kogi? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was going to be better. I really did. When he came in His rookie league, year at Minnesota. I thought he was going to be a star. There was one game that you and I came in the next morning mm-hmm. like, did you watch the T-Wolves? He looks good. Yep. He's kind of a nothing burger. He's kind he? of a nothing burger. Yeah, he's defensive guy, and that's about it at this point in his career. We'll see on the Paul front. I mean, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. If Paul can't go, Cameron Payne coming back off of injury. We saw last was it last year or two years ago that he was so impactful for them. Two uh, years ago when they made the run. Yeah, to the finals. I think yeah. it was. He was I really. I think really he play for Prom, right? Did he play for Prom? I think so. I, I think, think it was. Right. Yeah, I think that was the. I think that was one of uh, on uh, Prom's. Calling card, if you will, mm-hmm. um, a list of accomplishments. Send another, send pain to the league. I'm pretty sure it was. And uh, we get Lakers Warriors. Yeah, tonight. How, uh, bring it on. Are right? you going to stay number? up late? Well, I'll tape the we'll tape what I can't see because I have no interest in watching. Um, I shouldn't say that. I, I kind of do because I think Dallas is going to kill Seattle. I in in hockey, right. I think that I think I don't think the Kraken have a shot. I got a plus nineteen fifty on the Stars right now. Feeling good about that. Do one. you really? Yeah. From right when the playoffs wow. began. Good prices, circa. Yeah, that They're was fourteen really... to one. Other places, We're, and you got them at nineteen and a half to one. Nineteen and a half to one. Oof. Um, 
Big yeah, Stars fan I, all of a sudden. Yeah. Got my North Stars be. hat, so it's as close as I'm going to get. Uh, and they're good. Yeah. Uh, great goalie. Kid from the uh, Twin Cities, Ottinger. Really Our, good player. Game 7 kind of stunk last night. Yeah, it was bad. You know what? Um, the, the, the Devils just were so, they're just so much faster than the Rangers. That's yeah. a quick hockey team. I didn't give them a chance to go make a long run just because I think they're too young. This is clearly a team you want to buy stock in because if they do get bounced in the next round, and I think they can give the Hurricanes all they want, they're almost a mirror image of each other. It's not going to be a physical series by any means. Um, but this New Jersey Devils team, they're, they're, they're on the come. I saw this uh, note last night. This will be the fourth time these two teams have faced off in the playoffs. The previous three, the winner has advanced to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I don't know this year. I think the Leafs... I, 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 you keep coming back to I them. know. I think the Leafs are going to be the team that comes out of the... In fact, we may be guaranteed a Canadian Stanley Cup winner because I'm pretty sure Edmonton's coming out of the West. Over the stars. Uh, well, I think so. I think so because... Um, How bad is that going to be for TV? Oh, well, here. <laughs> awful. But they, uh, I mean, up there, they, yeah. Because it doesn't rate. It doesn't, it doesn't work. Rate. It, it doesn't, doesn't count rate. here. It doesn't count. What would be the worst case scenario? Is it? Oh, it's Toronto and Edmonton. Is it? Is that even worse than here? For, yeah, for statewide. Like the United States, for TV numbers. Is it, I thought it would be Panthers-Oilers. Ah, uh, that'd be really bad. That'd be really bad. Yeah, that'd be really. Does the does the uh, car wreck factor with the Leafs bring people to the? I mean, at least I think you know the Maple Leafs name, right? They're an original six team. I think that pushes it. I think Panthers would be worse. You think the Panthers would be worse? Maybe, maybe. There's plenty of Canadian transplants that are probably Leafs fans. That, oh, sure, that would help. Yep. In Florida, too. how many Florida Panther fans are there out there? I. Gee. Yeah, not, uh, uh, and there's not a lot in, in their city for crying right. out in South Florida. There's not a ton. Worst case scenario, that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. Edmonton, mm-hmm. Florida for the Stanley yep. Cup final. Ooh, they still throw rats on the ice? Uh, they did the other night. Did yes, they? they did. One, I think. There was one rat. One made it on there? One made it onto the ice, yeah. Uh, it goes back to when, mid-90s, uh-huh. I want to say, 94, 90s. John Van Beesbrook? John Van Beesbrook, indeed, between the pipes. All right, we will get our first time out. We're going to talk to Matt Manasseur. We're going to some, do, do some draft, put a bow on the uh, the NFL draft from the weekend. What did you see in baseball last night? Anything? No, twins were off. I was pretty late in baseball. What caught my fancy? Watch a little bit at the beginning. Mackenzie Gore was not very good. For the Nationals, watch a little bit of the Cubs. Yeah, I did too. Early on, and Smiley was dealing. Watched a little bit of that. Flipped over to the Padres Reds at one point just because I had the over ticket. But did it go over? It did. Oh yeah, yeah. Cruised over eleven total runs, eight and yeah. a half. Didn't understand that one one bit. And what did the did the Padres score eight themselves? They did. That's what we talked about yesterday. Yeah. I thought they'd score. You know, they mm-hmm. could go over that on their own, and they did. That was huh. an easy one. Two and three night last night though. We'll work to be a little bit better here when we give out the picks coming up at about 12.50. All right. We will get our first time out. Before we do that, though, it's time for another $1,000 home run. Head to KXNO.com. You can enter this nationwide contest by uh, inserting the keyword bills in the pop-up box that will appear once you log on to KXNO.com. Bills at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Bills KXNO.com. Little Birdie said we were talking about James Harden and the uh, throwback performance last night. Uh-huh. He was in Vegas Saturday night. I saw the picture. In fact, he Did got you? into some kind of altercation oh, well. at the uh, wherever he was staying in Las Vegas. One of my favorite things is the James Harden pictures back at Arizona State without the beard. He looks different, doesn't yes, he? Yes, he does. Oh, my God. Wouldn't, you know, I was looking at that. Why would you, in the summertime, 
That's God. That can't be comfortable. I wouldn't think so. I I hate having any kind of coverage on my oh, face. Oh, so. no kidding. You no thanks. Yeah, I mean, it just you, know, you get your breakfast in there and it's <laughs> playing basketball, right? Sweating and uh, just brutal. Uh, but it's uh, it works for him. It does. And man, oh man, he was on last night. He turned the clock. How old is he now? Is he in his mid thirties or thirty four? He's yeah, I would say thirty four. That that would that was when you said the question. That's what jumped to my head. All right, James Harden age. He is da 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 Harden. Click on that info. Thirty three. He'll turn thirty four coming up here in August. So okay. Well, he was terrific last night. Didn't think. He had that type of game uh, in him. I just picture him showing up at uh, what he wore last night. I think he probably had to wear to training camp to begin because he packs on the LBs during the offseason. Yes, he does. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Holy mackerel. 11.25, Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3.net. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, 11.30 on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's uh, put a bow on the NFL Draft 2023. Matt Manis, Sports Info Solutions. Great resource leading up to it and during it, but it's more than the NFL. It's all sports. Uh, we'll uh, save that for the end when uh, we say farewell to Matt. But he joins us to kind of recap what we saw, and we're grateful for him uh, giving us a few minutes here. Matt Trent Ken uh, in Des Moines, thank you again for, uh, for popping back on with us. Uh, what uh, I think will go down is... Um, you know, a, a tough year for mock drafters, I think, was one of them. But you know what? That that's, that was kind of good. It, it provided some intrigue as the way the first round uh, was unfolding. Did, do you see it that way? That um, you know, that just because everybody didn't get the picks right, that that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, there's always different information that the teams have than what's available publicly. And it's it's almost funny to me because, like, what goes on publicly now, it almost is thinking about things even more than sometimes the teams are um, and sometimes overthinking things um, exactly the way that teams are. So um, for all that, I thought uh, the first round went down pretty well. Like for the top, the top 10, 15 picks, I kind of liked the way that it went down in a lot of ways, but yeah, there's always going to be your head scratchers. And definitely um, when you have a quarterback that some people thought was the best player in the draft, yeah. not going to the second round and stuff like that, you know, that's always interesting. Well, let's talk about that quarterback, Will Levis, and kind of what went down here. What was it, the separation between the GMs and front office staff and what the mock drafters, what they were hearing? And, well, maybe you can go down the line also, the misinformation that seems to be out there year after year. Well, I mean, the, the the misinformation obviously there was the what was it a Reddit post by yep. like family member that <laughs> but, um, but I mean people are saying maybe the medicals worse than the public knew mm. he did play injured pretty much all of last year that was a big reason I thought when you looked at the film he was much faster looking on film and and much more comfortable looking uh, generally in 2021 than 2022 so maybe those injuries are are worse than we came to realize or they have some degenerative factors about them that's possible. Uh, they also get to interview the kid, 
And, you know, when you have somebody who transferred schools, everybody's going to ask the question, Mm -hmm. why couldn't you beat out Sean Clifford? Why did you transfer? Uh, You know, you, you, that's, you know, it's not always a red flag. There's Joe Burrow out there, but, but it's it's a bit of a question (laughs) mark that you want to, you know, you want to get answered when, when you meet with him and uh, maybe those didn't go so well. And finally, you know, I think the simplest way you look at it is I think he was the fourth best quarterback in the draft. I think Mm -hmm. he went about when the fourth best quarterback in the draft usually goes um, he does have high-end upside. This is a guy with a cannon for an arm, and you look at him, and it's hard not to think about Josh Allen. But uh, at the end of the day, he was sloppy on the film last year. When you look at the numbers for his performance, they, it was not good. Um, and this is not Anthony Richardson, a 20-year-old. This is a 25-year-old. Yep. So um, all of those factors, I think, are what lead to him going in a place where I, I'd feel much comfortable, more comfortable drafting him. I think he's probably a steal where he went or at least has the chance to be a steal where he went, whereas I think if you were going to draft him earlier, you might have to end up uh, kind of holding the bag if it doesn't go the way that you hope it does. Uh, everybody loves the Eagles uh, draft. I get that. One of them that uh, was getting a lot of maybe criticism was the Lions, and I'm I'm the complete opposite. I loved what they did, and I'm not a Lions fan. I'll put that out there. I, I'd, I'd like to look at maybe Gibbs was overdrafted. Maybe Campbell was overdrafted, but overdrafted according to who? Mox? But if they identify a guy that they want, they had all of those picks. They had multiple picks in both the first, uh, second, and, and the third round. They had multiple picks. So so even if you have to take your guy maybe a couple of slots ahead of where he's forecasted to go, with all those picks you can kind of afford to do that. They got the guys they wanted, regardless of maybe some thought that they were too soon. Yeah, I, I feel kind of mixed emotions about, about the Lions draft. In one sense, I don't like that they went running back off-ball linebacker in the first round, and not even running back off-ball linebacker that anybody thought was going to go around the two, those two selections. The big guys that most people thought were probably more second-round picks than first-round pick. It's, you know, yeah, you got your guys, but, um, you know, the, the positional value, I think it's, it's fair to question that. Well, you know, we'll see whether it's right or wrong. Uh, what I do like about their, their draft is, as you mentioned, they have lots of picks because they did trade down, um, and they did, uh, you know, pick up, uh, extra picks for, for Stafford and, and kind of uh, seeing that they needed to, to rebuild a little bit at that time. And uh, when you get extra picks, you get extra kind of bites at the apple. And what you end up with is on the second day, they end up with a, a couple of guys, probably three guys that I didn't think they would have had a chance at on that day. Being Sam Laporta, uh, who I think is one of the top tight ends in the draft. You get Brian Branch, who I think will be a starting safety for them. And you get Hendon Hooker, mm-hmm. who... Um, you know, we'll see. Again, I don't love the prospect, but you're talking about a third-round shot on, on a quarterback like that. Um, if he, you know, if he hits, then all of a sudden it's very hard to complain about uh, not drafting a positional value at number 12 or at number 18, right? So there, there are things that I like about the draft, you know, to, like you said, that, you know, I think you, got, you drafted five really good players, maybe more than that, we'll see. But um, at the same time, it's 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 hard for me from a, you know, you already had a pretty stacked running back room. I know obviously they got rid of DeAndre Swift now. Um, I think Jameer Gibbs is awesome. Um, he rated out really highly on our board. So uh, not as much of a re- – we have him overall as the 11th ranked player. So if you were to just, mm. uh, you know, look at it like that, you'd say, okay, that's not so bad. You know, he's not that far off from a, from a B. John Robinson. 
uh, and everybody was okay with that, you know, based on how the, the conversation changed. So, yeah, I think you could look at it both ways in terms of this one. I would be a bit frustrated with those first two picks, but then I would have been rejuvenated as a Lions fan on day two. No doubt about it. We're talking with Matt Manassari and taking a look back at the NFL draft. So, uh, on the local front, I'm very intrigued by Lucas Van Ness, how he fits in in the scheme in Green Bay, a five technique. Does he get big enough to move inside and be a defensive end in the 3-4? How Van Ness fits more than anything in Green Bay? Yeah, I, I think he's a, a five-tech in the 3-4, kind of uh, playing um, right there, like over the tackles most of the time. Uh, he's, um, I, think, I think it's a good fit for him. So the Packers have this history of drafting height-weight speed prospects, and that's exactly what you're getting here. Somebody with an unrefined game. But, you know, you look at the physical tools and it jumps right out at you. Um, he's been a guy that's played a bit more uh, on the edge. And um, I thought that if he went to a 4-3 team, he probably would have slotted in as a left defensive end, kind of playing over the tight end mostly. But I think in the 3-4, I think it's a natural fit for him as a 5 technique. When you have a 5 technique, you're looking for somebody with great length like he has it. And you got to remember, even though that's your quote-unquote position, a lot of times when it comes to third down or when it comes to just playing against 11 personnel in general, which is most of the time in the NFL, you're a nickel now. If you think about that nickel defense, he's probably going to be sliding in and lining up over the outside shoulder of a guard. It's more of a three technique in those pass rush situations. I think he ends up bumping down inside so you can get more true edge guys rushing against the tackles, and he bumps down to a three technique, and that's where you see that. So even though they are a 3-4 team and we spend so much time saying, oh, he's a 3-4, he fits there, he's a 4-3, he fits there, most of the time teams end up rushing the passer with four down linemen, and that's 60 70% of football plays. Uh, Jalen Carter goes nine. Bears could have drafted him. They, they traded the pick. They went down and got an offensive lineman. They need offensive line help. They need defensive line help, too. So when you were in that room, uh, in, in the draft room, whether it be with the Saints or the Browns or leading up to it, and you've got Carter's off-field concerns, then you plug in the tape and he's unblockable. How, how do those discussions typically go? Is it, is it a back and forth? Is it spirited? No, we got to have this guy. Just look at how he plays. And there's the other side of the room saying, "Man, oh man, we're taking a big chance." Uh, there's off the field stuff. You got to wait. They keep that into consideration. How do conversations around a guy with Carter's ability on the field, but the off the field questions normally shake out? Man, it gets real spirited. Um, you're talking about heated debates. You're talking about hopefully things not getting personal, but walking right up to that mm-hmm. edge. Yep. Um, this is people's livelihoods. This is you know what people. Uh, are, are staking their careers on, and when you get differing viewpoints on that stuff, it can be it can be a, a, a tough thing. So, at the end of the day, it's going to be the GM, the head coach, the owner. Ultimately, in some cases, it'll go all the way up that high, depending on what the off-field concern is. Um, those those are the people that ultimately make the decision. So, as much as you bang on the table and yell and scream at each other, at the end of the day, they've got a way the cost against the benefit. I think most of the time with Jalen Carter, a reason why I really like this pick, I think that the the, the um, benefit outweighs the risk with this player. Um, I don't want to minimize anything that's happened with him off the field. I don't like that he was seems to be, you know, uh, out of shape at the combine and, and that sort of thing. But when you turn on the film of this player, it's different. Um, he's, a, he's a really special talent. He's a blue-chip level talent. I think uh, patently. We have three guys with blue chip grades this year, him, Will Anderson, and B. John Robinson. 
Um, and so you start to get an idea of the level of player that he is just when you, just when you look at him on the field and how dominant he was against SEC offensive linemen. This is the best player on the Georgia defense from two years ago that won the national championship. They sent half their team to the NFL, and he came back, and he was the best player on that defense again. So he's, he's unbelievable, and I think at the end of the day, that's why um, most of the teams are going to lean towards, oh, man, we got to give this guy a shot. Uh, one thing also you might not think about that I think is interesting, defensive linemen. Uh, defensive linemen tend to be weird dudes. They tend to be funky dudes. <laughs> you're looking at these freak athletes, and it's a little bit different than if you're drafting a quarterback. Uh, a quarterback with these sorts of off-field concerns, it might get a little bit different. Um, but, man, I could tell you stories about Johnny Manziel and, uh, you know, the area scout that covered that school wouldn't sign off on drafting the player. Wow. Um, and, you know, had already committed – to, to leaving the team, and as soon as as soon as Manziel was drafted, forget about it. Um, so yeah, it gets it gets spirited, and man, I can tell about other times where if there was one domestic violence whisper mm-hmm. about it, um, that was an automatic had to have a conversation with the owner sort of thing, because um, when you take you know you take things like that really seriously, yep. and the owner at the end of the day oftentimes won't ask to get involved in football decisions at all unless it's something like that. So Bijan Robinson, we know how talented he is. But Atlanta, it's just a fit thing. Algier, I thought he was pretty good last year for them. You got Cordell Patterson still doing his thing. Running back was not exactly a need for a team that had plenty of needs. It's not so much Bijan Robinson, it's more what Atlanta needed there. Your takeaway from that one and a running back back going in the top ten. Yeah, uh, you know, call him a running back, but he's somebody that's going to impact the passing game really significantly. So in terms of the player, I have no problem with it. Probably higher than I would have drafted uh, a running back if I could help it. But at a certain point, he becomes really attractive, especially as we started to address and get to like the teens of the draft. I thought that there was a bit of a drop off once you got past 12 or 13 in, in terms of the big board. So I don't have a big issue with, with it in terms of, you know, drafting a quote unquote running back. I also agree with you that it is weird. Um, Algier, they got last year basically for free. And it just being proof that you really don't need to spend resources on that position in order to get good production out of that position. Um, and that's where I worry about the Falcons and the way that they're building. I do believe that you need to build at tackle, at pass rusher, at quarterback, at corner. And, and um, I worry about how much uh, they have available for those positions when they're spending uh, $20 million a year on Jesse Bates to play safety and spending their number eight overall pick on B. John Robinson to play running back. I, I, I worry about that. That said, they're clearly leaning into a thing here where, where Terry Fondo is trying to get the best weapons that he can. And if you look around the NFL and what's won the last couple of years, there's a pretty good argument to be made that the team with a lot of weapons, uh, the team with the most weapons offensively um, might be the best position team to win. So, um, it's an interesting building strategy. I think I would be more of a let's build up front offensively and defensively rather than let's build all of these weapons. But you do take a step back and you look around, and this Atlanta Falcons team is going to be pretty hard to defend, yeah. especially if Desmond Ritter can, can play. Um, with you know their last three uh, top picks, you're talking about Drake London at receiver, Kyle Pitts at tight end, Bijan Robinson at running back. We haven't even gotten to Algier and Corderell Patterson and all these other guys, so um, I wouldn't want to play basketball against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and maybe there's something to that. 
Uh, my last thing for you, Matt. Um, did the Vikings, um, I don't know, over overreact to the fact that receivers were coming off the board? That they they needed a lot of help too. Certainly, wide receiver was one spot. Defensive back being another. Uh, quarterback was still there. If you want to give Hooker the uh, the redshirt year and let him play behind Cousins, but when Smith the Jigba goes and then Quinton Johnson goes and Zay Flowers go, did the Vikings panic and take Jordan Addison, who two years ago was the Blitnikoff winner, uh, didn't have the year last year at USC that he did previous at Pitt? But was there a panic there? Do you think just uh Wow, we got to get a wide receiver, and they're flying off the board. We better grab one now. It's always funny when a run like that happens, but I doubt it was a panic for them. I think more likely when you're picking uh, sort of in that part of the draft, you have, um, say, 10 or 12 players that you expect 100% they're going to be off the board. Let's not even really spend any time preparing for them or thinking about them beyond what we're going to want to know you know, in the future when, when we have to play against them as pros or they're going to become a free agent. But, you know, they're not really in consideration. If they're available to us, run the card in and it's over. I think all those guys came off the board. The next thing is you have your, your bubble or your cloud, whatever you want to call it. And there you'll have five or six names of people that you think realistically could be available that you're comfortable with picking at that slot. Now you're watching that cloud. And as that cloud starts to evaporate and it gets down to two or three names, that's what you have to start thinking about. Hey, do we need to move up to make sure we get one of our guys? Or, um, you know, are we comfortable that we think one of them will make it to us? I think that's what happened with the Vikings here. I think they were in the position of they had a cloud. Probably they had a few receivers in that cloud, and that's just the way that the board shook out. The the high-end talent in this draft really wasn't a lot of depth and sort of the the positions like tackle. I think a bunch of tackles were overdrafted at this point, um, things like that. Um, when those positions don't become available to you, uh, the corners start to come off the board. Now you're starting to look at positions where, yeah, there might be more availability of receivers uh, later on, but um, you're talking about better players than you are at those more, what I would call, premium positions. So there's a sliding scale there. My guess is they got one of the guys in their cloud there. I think Jordan Addison's a good player. I think he could be a solid number two for them, uh, maybe fill in for some of the things that, that Thielen had done uh, for a few years, for a long time there. But, um, you know, and then if your cloud does fully evaporate, then that's the situation where you really do want to trade down. Um, and they might have tried to do that a little bit also, but I tend to think this isn't a panic move, and they might have been hoping that there would have been somebody else available uh, deep down. But with the way that it shook out, this was their top guy. It doesn't, doesn't surprise me too much at all. Uh, he was the number 24 player overall in our board. So, so right there when you think about it. 2024, already looking forward. It's the Caleb Williams slash Drake May sweepstakes. Who else? Anybody else catch your eye, or is it, uh, let's uh, breathe a little bit, and then we'll start to get ready for 2024? (laughs) Yeah, I'd I'd love to breathe, but uh, those are two really good names to start with. Uh, Those are two really good names to start with right there. Uh, You know, last year, around this time, I think we had a pretty good idea of who the top two guys were that were going to come out this year. Uh, probably the top three guys, if you, if you consider, you know, Will Anderson's been my favorite player for three years. So um, we had uh, not a big shakeup over the course of the last year. A lot of other times you'll see somebody come out of nowhere to be the number one pick, um, and that could be pretty interesting uh, when we see going forward. So it'll be a big year, uh, but those two names that you started with, I, I have a hunch that they'll be involved 
this time next year. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Matt Medicare and Sports Info Solutions. Matt, you guys do a great job there. All sports, really. But uh, man, oh man, the NFL, you guys are terrific. Uh, Matt, thank you uh, for what you did for us. We truly appreciate your contributions to the radio program. Thank you, Matt. We will uh, uh, will impose on you again next season. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much for having me. And as always, people can follow at sportsinfo underscore SIS. You got it. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Thank you. Yep. Matt Manasarin, as we put a bow on the NFL draft. We will take a timeout, come back. You see the college football 2024 playoff dates have been announced, where they're going to be played. No. Just came out as we were talking Ooh. to Manasarin. and we'll come back. We'll uh, uh, share that info with you. It's uh, Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Wherever you get your podcasts. Miller Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. All right, uh, the college football playoff. I guess it's official. Yes. The schedule's out for 2024, 2025. So let's do 24. Um, It begins on a Friday night with one game. These are on campus. The first round, there's buys, uh, but there'll be four games played. One on Friday, the 20th of December, and then Saturday, three games. Early afternoon, late afternoon, and an evening game. They will then fast forward to, well, be more than a week. On a Tuesday, December 31st, we'll get a quarterfinal, and then three games on Wednesday, the Chick-fil-A, the Rose, and the Sugar Bowl will all be quarterfinal games. The following week... Thursday, Friday, and then the championship game on Monday the 20th. Not bad. Not bad. There's the nugget. Not bad. What do you you like to see better? Put the quarterfinals on campus. Yeah, but you got to make the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. Who gives a crap? Stop outsourcing your biggest resources. It's the Rose Bowl, Trent. Do you know how stodgy they are? Yeah. It's their powerful group. Tell them to go eat sand. Who I, you're preaching to the choir. I, you're absolutely preaching to the choir, but it's just it's tradition, I guess. Oh, I just I'm don't with you. get it. We almost had a neutral site game this year in the AFC playoffs. Mm-hmm. Very easily could have could had one, and it would have been awful. And I understand the NFL wants to control everything, mm-hmm. but there is something special. I mean, I think of those championship games, AFC NFC championship game, and if you had. Packers Giants. Oh my! And we've had Packers Giants at and Lambeau that, Field. That Lambeau Field uh-huh. game where Tom Coughlin's nose looks like Frozen. it was going to fall off. Yes, we have it in Tampa, eh. Houston. I'm with you. I love cold weather games. Give me a game in Buffalo all day long. And now we have an opportunity. Ohio State has a year. Mm-hmm. And they're the two seed. Mm-hmm. And here comes seven seed Clemson. Uh, give SEC, ACC, right? How incredible that would be. It would be be phenomenal. It would be terrific. Instead, we're going to stick that thing in San Diego? Mm -hmm. We're going to put that thing in Dallas? Yeah. I don't understand. I know it's all about money. It's always about money. Sure. But when it's all about money, you know how you can make a whole lot more money? Take out the middleman. You don't need them. Break yourself from this charade that is bowl games of what it's been. Yep. It's the most coveted job in sports, according to some people. Bowl representatives. They go around campuses one after another, all f- and they're treated like royalty. Alabama's never going to be able to play if they're in the top four every yeah. year. Georgia's not going to be able to have a home playoff game. Right. 
This is idiotic. That's where you're at, though. This is so short-sighted. Mm-hmm. It but is... at least we're getting the expanded playoff. We're getting there. you got to give them that. Now, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. If um, Keep the playoff. Let's Maybe it's a two-year. They've announced for two years where the games and the dates that are going to be. Then maybe a tweak. I don't know. we got to get there, though. I hope so. I hope so. I'm just pumped that we're going to see an expanded playoff in um, – in college football, and it's starting not this year, but the following started with the jog. Well, starting just with a championship game, mm-hmm. right? Young people listening, no, you, you don't. They decided there was two of them. One champion was AP. One champion was what was the other one? The coaches. Nineteen ninety-seven, Michigan, Nebraska, undefeated. Mm-hmm. They split a national yep. championship. Yep. Michigan was forced to play Washington State in the Rose Bowl. Well, did Colorado? Who did they share it with? Penn State. And that was yeah. There was a bunch of losses that year. You go way back. There was the Georgia Tech Colorado year uh, back in 1991. Uh, I think Virginia was involved at that uh, time. It's better. Settle it on the field. And at least we're doing that. We're getting there. Yeah. And I'm so happy that it went to 12 as opposed to eight. Mm-hmm. I think 12 is the better number. I do too. I like the teams getting a buy. I like the fact that we'll actually get at least a weekend of campus games. Needs to be two. Yeah. That is the end game that yeah. more than anything I am rooting for. And I hope that part happens sooner rather than later. But we still got another year in front of us. I know. I know. One final year mm-hmm. of the what mm. we're used to with the four team playoff. And then she expands. All right. Uh, we'll take our, um, well, we'll finish with our number one, hour two. We'll take a look at two of the regional teams. A little bit more on the draft today and tomorrow, and then we'll put it to bed. Because you know Kinda. what? The schedule comes out oh. next week. It just never takes the time off, does no. it? Just NFL, one story after another. Unreal how they just command uh, this news cycle. Uh, we'll also talk uh, NBA playoffs with Kyle Irving from the Sporting News. Miller and Connick, Trent's plays of the day as well. It's 106.3.